This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Okay, this week we are going to talk about privacy policies. Uh, Apple now require you to have a privacy policy for any new app or any update you make to an existing app. So the idea is in iTunes Connect, you can link off to a page on your site where your where your privacy policy resides. I feel a little bit conflicted in that I like that we, we need them um, because, you know, really, why, why shouldn't we be transparent with our users? Um, but there's a little part of me that also worries kind of as a as a solo dev. How do you get this right without a legal department? So um, <laughs> there's probably a little bit to unpack there. I'm in a weird place at the minute where I don't actually have any apps in the app store. Um because I'm kind of no rebooting things. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just totally cool with all of this. This is fine as far as I'm concerned. It's you that's got the problem, Dave. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, good point. Very good point. So, yeah, I mean, in some ways, I need to be issuing an update to my apps anyway because I like to sort of at least um, link against the latest SDK, um, even if I've not done any any proper updates. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, that that kind of gave me um, you know, iPhone 10 support over on my my vj app for very little effort yeah uh, because i was already using auto layout and everything so i like to do that anyway and i'm preparing to do a release and so in a lot of ways this will just time for that also to the side of this though is that i've always had a privacy policy on go vj up until very very recently so when i first launched uh, i had crashlytics built into the app and i was probably going to put google analytics and working within uh, data and analytics at the time um, in the UK, I was quite aware of like data laws were about to be sort of shifting. You know, even three years ago, this was uh, this was a thing. And so anyway, in preparation of that, I've always had a privacy policy just to sort of cover me. Um, and I used a service. I used a service called I think it's I'd never know how to say it, but it is spelled I I U, and then it's Bender B E N D A. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they um, what they do is they give you like a turnkey kind of privacy policy. So right. you go on and you go, okay, I have an app. It uses Google Analytics. It uses Crashlytics or whatever. And they um, they charge you like 30 bucks a year, but you end up with a boilerplate that you can link to. And then every time one of those services starts to include new data or anything like that, that they need to cover, you can just, you know, be assured that your privacy policy will shift an update to kind of keep step. That's pretty neat. So that's the selling point. Yeah, and and I don't want this to turn into a commercial for somebody else's products in that way because I've actually stopped using them because the the price of it against the current quite low income on on that app is is just not not really worth it. It sort of takes a huge chunk out of that month's worth of of revenue. Some it's quite a small amount of revenue. So when it happened this year, I was just like, you know, do you know what? I'm not going to renew it. Um, I'll write my own. So long story short, I am actually in the position of a lot of people of having to write my privacy policy um, and kind of include that with this update. Because, yeah, at the moment, my link doesn't really go anywhere. So They're quite intimidating things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, This is the whole reason I used a boilerplate when I first launched was that I sort of hit this point of, like, I just want to ship the app and I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not a lawyer. You know, can somebody please just do this for me? 
I'm guessing that if this has been a popular service at all, then there's probably a load of other services out there you could use. I've not looked because you know I'm I'm quite determined like now to sort of write my own. Yeah, like you say, quite quite off-putting really when you sort of like you you've developed your app. That's that that's your core strength, right? As a, as an indie developer, anyway. Yeah. Unless you've come from a particular background before or whatever, then writing those sort of documents, I think, isn't something that necessarily comes naturally. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of where to begin, I, I think I'm looking for inspiration at the moment, kind of looking at other people's apps and kind of looking at other people's privacy policies and sort of thinking, well, okay, you know, what do I see out there that works quite well? Yeah. Yeah. So, And, and I've found a few. There's an app by... Uh, Becky Hansmeyer called SnapThread, and, and she's got a really good privacy policy. I think it's good because she's she's got a couple of things in there. Everything's really clear. Everything's in a language that's sort of easily readable, um, while still sort of being quite quite assertive and, and quite firm. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing it sort of says is that um, SnapThread does not collect or store any of your data on a server or sell your data to any third party. So sort of looking down the page, he's actually got a, a history section at the bottom. And one of those history items is to say that um, third-party analytics have been removed, as that's one of the changes she's made to the policy over time. So she's yeah, had sure. Crashlytics, she's taken it back out. And by taking it out, I think that's then put her in a position of not being able to say she doesn't collect or store any of, of your user data. And that's actually something I'm going to make sure is, is sorted with this update as well. I'm going to finally take Crashlytics out of my apps for that reason so i get to sort of say hey i don't collect anything on you and you know i'm probably going to have a byword about you know obviously apple may collect your data if you've agreed that with them yeah Um, but i guess that that might be pointless because that's nothing to do with me actually but yeah it's it's interesting i like so if you look at, at, at her privacy policy on that app i think um just quite short and simple but also quite clear plain english that's what you need, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we perhaps get a bit, um, a bit bamboozled by this um, in terms of like sort of feeling like you need legalese, you need a, a lawyer. And I suppose that is like the official answer, isn't it? Is you probably need to hire a lawyer to be sure you've got this a hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that whole sort of caveat, you know, I am not a lawyer, and that me applies neither. to me on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> don't um, go listen to a couple of developers on a podcast. Hire a lawyer. <laughs> We're not lawyers. <laughs> yeah. But but I think there's a reality there when you certainly when you're at the sort of starting phase of stuff where like you know you you might not have any enough money to employ a lawyer in that sense or whatever and there's an element of like well what are you trying to do and what are you trying to say and if you if you are genuinely you know not collecting anything that you don't need then articulate that and if you are collecting something that you may or may not need well think about getting rid of getting rid of it or clearly articulating exactly what your current purpose of doing with that data is i think that's that's probably the way to approach this and i actually think that that is really what apple's trying to sort of flush out here you know if you're collecting data and you can't actually say what it is you're collecting it for or how you're going to use it then you know maybe you shouldn't maybe it's easier to write a a short privacy policy that just sort of says i don't collect anything you know there you are have some reassurance on this please yeah it's easy to think isn't it if if you don't collect anything or why, why do i need to write a privacy policy but i think it's a really good thing to do because if you don't collect anything that's like a really good position for you to be in as a developer that's almost a, a selling point 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think you know, it's um, it's 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 a good way for you to come across as quite a caring, conscientious developer. And I think as indies, that's um, that's a really good point for us to lean on because I think for the most part, you know, we're all a lot of indie devs are you know all good folk, and we just want to make some awesome apps and not rip our users off and rip their data off. Um, so just being really clear that you know. We don't, we don't collect anything um, and if we do this is what it is um, that can generate a huge amount of goodwill with, with your customer I think and you know, some people say well who even reads the privacy policy but the people that do read it will really appreciate that you've that you've written it I think yeah I was listening to release notes um, today in fact um, I didn't realize that they'd done an episode about this so I had a quick listen to it and I, I think they said it best they said if you're just starting out and you don't have any money um, kind of make best use of other privacy policies that you can draw from templates generators the kind of thing that you did um yeah but then sort of make a deal with yourself that when you make some money say you'll just keep the first thousand dollars aside and hire a lawyer at that point and, <laughs> and then just get it taken care of properly and that's i think that's probably probably good advice i'd say yeah yeah i think that's quite sensible absolutely um and, and i think i, I was going to kind of um counter what i was saying before actually on on that sort of basis if you are i'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this um part one one side of data protection is certainly with it under sort of the eu regulations is that anybody can kind of say hey you know what are you doing with my data and and start a dialogue over that right and there's, there's expectations about being able to extract the data that you hold on individuals and that sort of thing under the gdpr yeah um there's there's a point at which where if you are making enough money i think you could potentially be um almost targeted if you like by by somebody who's got any reason to feel um feel aggrieved with your product or whatever and, and kind of make these demands and if you're not prepared for it in some fashion then I can imagine that being quite a, a sort of crippling effect. You know, I mean, like for me, that's part of the reason of thinking through and sort of saying, hey, I don't want to collect any data, actually. And, you know, I can demonstrate that under under any sort of pressure if I really need to, you know. Um, if, if there's something legal ongoing, obviously I could show the code of my app. Um, anybody reverse engineering and checking where it talks to, they will see that. My point sort of being, if you are running a product or, or whatever that is big enough to potentially be you know to to have those sort of interactions and for the the legal fallout to be quite costly if you like then yeah absolutely you should be getting a, a lawyer on the go and, and kind of having having those conversations and getting everything checked and i think that probably applies to a little bit more than just a privacy policy you know i mean that's that's, that's yeah. one touch point but even right down to you know terms and conditions and just sort of being quite quite clear about any promises made um, of whatever the Apple product does, that sort of thing as well. It's almost like you need a whole audit, isn't it, at that yeah. point of the entire process? You know, where data touches your business and what and what, what you do with yeah. it. Um, it's funny uh, this whole thing has um, has all is maybe quite dubious about adding like cocoa pods and stuff to my apps now because it got me thinking: how can I really know what they're doing? Um, so I'm kind of in this kind of space where I'm feeling very anti-dependencies at the moment <laughs> um, in that I don't really want to add that thing into my app because well, I don't really know what it does and I don't really have to go through it and make sure it doesn't do anything anything weird or nasty. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm now more privacy aware than I think I've ever been 
because I guess GDPR has been quite a big catalyst for all of this stuff. And I became way more aware of privacy and what it meant as a result of it, I think. Um, not that I was really doing anything bad in the first place, but it just gave me pause. And I think it is, I can safely say, I, I think it's really changed my mindset as a developer. I, I think I develop now in like a, in a privacy focused way rather than privacy being an afterthought. So like I've made this now, how can I just make sure I stack up in the whole privacy laws and stuff like that? I, I kind of, it's privacy first in my mind. Yeah. And like I say, it's almost an objective now not to use any you know dependencies wherever possible. And it's almost an objective to not collect anything within my app. So there's been an, an occasion where I've redesigned something just so I can do it without collecting any data. Yeah. And like you were saying, if, imagine if you kept getting inundated with these kind of gdpr requests of what data have you got on me please show me all of my data that could be like really crippling like the overhead of doing that if you got like tons of them coming in absolutely if you had loads and loads of users so i think there's kind of decisions there for us to make about what we do if we are going to collect data what what ways do we go about it and efficient ways of responding to those kind of requests from users um I, i know i'm looking for my next app or two, perhaps two, um, <laughs> for using CloudKit quite heavily. Yeah. And obviously CloudKit's going to be, you know, sucking up people's data. And there's uh, there's APIs that Apple offer. So my understanding of it currently, I need to do some more reading on it, but my understanding is that I can use these APIs to almost develop a kind of like a self-service thing for people. So if they if they want all of their data, they can just press a button and I can you know, go and talk to the APIs and give them like a download or something. Um, so it's kind of decisions like that that I'm kind of looking at now way more seriously than than I ever would have done, say, five years ago. Yep. Um, it's just, I think we're definitely in like a different era now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this, this um, change with the privacy policy from Apple and, and that requirement, and, and then, like you say, the you know, kind of being more privacy focused in general, and, and this sort of riding the wave of GDPR, um, it feels very similar to me in terms of like um, the, the trend towards everything running through HTTPS. Um, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the, this is sort of like okay, the, the, this is aspirational. This is where we should be heading, and there's quite a strong um, steer coming from, well, in this case, coming from Apple. And I think actually they're going to be leading, um, you know, what's going on with Android and that side of things as well um, on this one. I think this is, this is a, a definite case of where, well, okay, Apple has the power and the size to kind of go first and say, oh, you know, this needs to happen. Um, but I can imagine this then being a requirement elsewhere if it's not already today. And, and okay, apologies, Android, if, if it's been there for years. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I can see this sort of being a, a kind of like, okay, this this now sets the tone and other platforms and, and, and um, areas of application development will have to sort of consider this um, perhaps a bit more seriously and a bit sooner um, than they might have done otherwise. Um, and actually, if you think about where we could be going sort of in the course of time and over this sort of progression with um, wearable technology, augmented reality, virtual reality, that sort of thing, you know, and and health as well um, coming from wearables. It's quite important that we start to think about um, what we're doing with the data we gather um, and the the type of control that we give back to users over that and that that side of things as well, because the sort of data that we acquire 
potentially is is going to become really quite personal it already is but but you know you start talking about any of these um sort of bits of data health data um even right down to like okay we we can track eye movements now you know using using some of the apis um yeah so if we've we're not having a sort of informed idea about how that should be presented back to people and, and what sort of control should be given back to the user um and it kind of feels like there's going to just be this this big thing that, that lands in the future you know anyway i mean pe- people are, are, are gonna eventually want to have a say I'm, I'm i'm sure and obviously with gdpr and that sort of thing people already have um but i think i can only sort of see that this is just going to become more and more you know and that now is probably exactly the right time to be thinking about this stuff um and just just being more mindful and more careful really Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. How about you Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter I'm at underscore DaveNot. 